The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. A good song for this morning. If you would, turn to Isaiah chapter 52. Do you all have any difficulty shopping ever for anybody in your family? I think I've already mentioned this a time or two. The, uh, I think I'm the easiest person in the world to buy for. Uh, my family says, you're so hard to buy for. And I'm sure some of you have said that. And uh, so you want to find the perfect gift that matches that person perfectly. Uh, so I've got a question for you. I don't want you to answer it. But, but what do you get for somebody who has nothing but needs everything? Now, let that sink in a minute. What do you get for somebody that has nothing but needs everything? We, we, uh, we usually say that opposite of that, don't we? What, what do you get for somebody that has everything, don't need anything? Think about that question. What, is, what do you get somebody that has nothing but needs everything? I was thinking about that question. It's, it's kind of a difficult question. Hang on to that just a second. I, I set that I set that up for you. I set her up to fail on that, but I, I thought of something I had been thinking about. If you answered that question, what what do you get for somebody who has nothing but needs everything? What would you get them? And as I was thinking about that, I, I thought about a uh, we sent a group of workers to California here a few weeks ago to uh, to help rebuild after the fires. Most of y'all, I guess all of you probably know I work for the electric company. And uh, the guys that went, I didn't go. I was on vacation, thank goodness. My boss called me and said, can you go? And I said, well, you know, I'm supposed to be on vacation. He said, oh, yeah, well, you don't have to go. If you, I said, oh, well, I don't want to go. <laughs> so I didn't have to go. But the guys that went, a couple of guys that work out of my office, said, well, we built some lines just down streets that didn't have anything. There are no houses. There are no trees. We just built lines and hung transformers and, and uh, heated up wire. Because one of these days they're going to build and they're going to rebuild. Is that something to give somebody who has nothing but needs everything? Maybe you'd say, well, they need water or they need food. Uh, they need housing. They need clothing. That's a tough question, isn't it? I mean, what do you get somebody that has nothing but needs everything? Go ahead. As we've been talking over the last few weeks about Christmas ornaments and the meaning of Christmas ornaments, 
uh, you know, as I believe that as God looked upon us and looked upon the earth, uh, I think he could ask himself that question. What, what do you give someone who has nothing but needs everything? Now, I have my last ornament this morning. This is not the one I wanted, but it's the only one I could find that I have. But it's a, it's a, it's a manger and it has a baby Jesus in it. Now, J.C. said, if y'all were here a few weeks ago, y'all know the most precious ornament we have already. I didn't even leave it up here. Uh, but J.C. said this was it because she said, when we were kids, we used to fight over this. It's a walnut shell with, a, with a three kings in it, or Mary, Joseph, maybe, and a king. I'm not sure. But it has a manger in Christ on one side and the star. So we'll place that on our... Uh, on our star here with the rest of our our ornaments and uh we're going to talk about that this morning what what do we what do we give someone who has nothing but needs everything uh some of y'all this is bonus points uh does anybody know where this came from christmas is sleigh bells and christmas is sharing christmas is holly and christmas is caring does has anybody ever heard that before that's a song Percy Faith is, is the one that, that wrote that, uh, and it's a not so familiar, uh, no for, uh, so uh, familiar holiday song, uh, but it, the title of it is this, Christmas Is, and what he had tried to do, he tried to really capture uh, the things that make Christmas, Christmas. He tried to capture all those things, the sights, the sounds, the, the feelings, the emotions, uh, uh, and apparently that's what Christmas is, and most would agree with that. And, and in his song, that Christmas is, y'all can Google that or get on YouTube and find it and listen to it. It's been remade a few times, but it really never has taken off as being that popular. But it was his ideal that that's what Christmas is. But actually we know that Christmas is much more than sharing uh, warm emotions and memories and having those things. It's about what God supplies and what God shares at Christmas. And that's why I wanted to do this, uh, this last ornament today as we think about the gift that God gave the baby Jesus and really his life and what that really means for us. And uh, so, so what is Christmas? And, and Christmas is about God's faithfulness. It's about God's uh, making himself tangible uh, throughout history, and it's about how God touched our lives with love and, and His love and how that touches our lives. So, so the, the, the two things that I want to talk about this morning is, is Christmas is for people who have nothing, and Christmas is for people who need everything. So the first thing is, is it's for people who have nothing. If, if you want to look at this text over here in Isaiah, and that's chapter 52, We'll start there in verse 7, and I want you to listen to the words here. How beautiful on the mountains are those are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings and proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices, and together they shout for joy. And when the Lord returns to Zion, they will see him with their own eyes. And they'll burst into songs of joy together. 
you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people and he's redeemed Jerusalem. And the Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. As you read that passage of scripture, and you may have seen it before, this may be the first time you've ever paid attention to it. What this text really is, is it's really a Christmas greeting from God. From 2,500 years ago or farther, God wrote this Christmas card. It was originally sent to the Jewish people who were exiled in Babylon. That's the present-day Iraq. So that exile means they were, they were slaves in Babylon, the Jewish people. And in the 6th century before Christ, 6th century B.C., the, the Lord had also, uh, the, uh, the, the prophet sent this through Isaiah, the, the prophet sent this message. He sent this greeting card to this handful of people who remained behind in Jerusalem. There was still a remnant there, but they were, they were, they were in, they were in captivity. This was once a proud nation. This was once the Jewish nation. And, and now they're just, uh, they're just a, a dwindling group of people that's dying out. So, so I want you to think, can you imagine what their mindset must have been? They've been hauled off to Babylon or, or the remnant of, of Jerusalem. That's what it is. That's what it was. It was just a remnant of Jerusalem. It's called Babylon now. Their whole world was out of control. Now, it's hard, I think, for us to imagine, but I want us to try to imagine what it would be like if our whole world became out of control. You may say, well, we're there. Well, we're not there. Things are not where we would want them to be, but we're not there yet. And, but for the Jews, that's where they were. They're, they had a promised homeland. And that promised homeland, the, the, the nation of Israel, they were promised they were going to be given Jerusalem. And that promise went all the way back to, to Adam and Eve and through Abraham and then all the way through that, that work of Abraham. And, and, and those, those promises were before them, and they had lost all of that. I mean, just imagine today if we in the United States, we were, uh, we were taken captive by any other country and we had lost everything that we have, everything that we've held on to, our, 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 uh, any kind of um, savings, any kind of monies we might have, they were worth nothing. The ability to work, the ability to go out and provide, they were worth nothing. They were completely relying upon uh, the work they did as slaves. So, so they owned nothing. They had nothing. Even their religious system was destroyed. No longer did they have the temple that King Solomon had built. No longer could they make sacrifices to that, that huge bronze altar out in, out in front, of the, uh, uh, the front of the tabernacle and outside of the temple. And, and they couldn't make sacrifices to the promised Savior any longer. That wasn't allowed. And, and it had all been trashed. It had all been torched out by the Babylonians. That's where they were at. They, they had been in, in uh, an aching within their hearts because they had lost all of those things. They had prayed to God, but they had nothing. That's the picture that we see. They were a people who literally had nothing. Now, it's hard for me to understand that because really we've never been, nobody, I don't think, probably in our church and, and not, not many in our community has ever been to a place where you've literally had nothing. But that's where these people were. And, and this is how God must have kept his promises. That must be what they were thinking. Well, is this how God answers prayer? 
Is this how God answered promises to Adam, to Eve, to Abraham, to David? Is this how it's all going to end? Because God actually said we were going to have those things. And then it's dying out here in this ancient Near East. It's just dying. Is this how God really responds to, to promises? And we know, of course not, because God is faithful. And, and here's the greetings. Now, we're thinking of ourselves in that situation where we've lost everything. We have nothing. We've lost all hope. We've lost all visions of what might have been. Praying to God, nothing's coming back. And all of a sudden, they get this greeting card that says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. That was the message they got, the God of, of a faithful love who, whose mercy came and, and who was bringing good news. And, and this message was this, I have good news today. Our God reigns and your God reigns and God's going to make it possible for those who have been exiled to Babylon to return home. That's the message of God. And, and the Lord of the universe, he's going to grab the reins of the world and he's going to take the government and he's going to, he's going to take uh, the Persian Empire and they're going to come down and they're going to topple Babylon. So God's going to take this Persian Empire. They're going to come out here. They're going to defeat, defeat the Babylonians and you're going to return home. You're going to be able to go back to the things, and, and that's wonderful news. And can you imagine those who were a remnant there in Jerusalem coming and saying, Hey, mom and dad are going to get to come home. The, the Babylonians are going to be conquered, and, and, and they're going to be defeated, and, and the exile is over. And, and God has answered prayers. What, what a message for those who had nothing. What a message of those who, who heard that families are going to be reunited and, and those beautiful feet that brought those good news to us. For us today, we can, we can relate to that as we think about Christmas greetings because really we're a people who have nothing spiritually. We stand before God. He sees our sins and, and because of that, we're spiritual exiles. That's how God looked at us. God had every reason to cast us out of His presence because of His goodness. He has every reason to do, to do that. Think about Adam and Eve. They, they forsook. They completely took what God had given them. They, they turned their back on them, and, and they had peace that was theirs. They had a paradise that was theirs, and, and there they were, and, and they, turned their, they turned their back on God, and because of that, they lost peace. Because of that, listen, to think, listen as you think about this. We talked about the people of Israel and how they lost everything. Now think about Adam and Eve, that, that God had built a paradise for them, a perfect place. And because of their sin, they had lost everything. They had been cast out of that garden. And then think about ourselves today because we're, we are kinfolks of Adam and Eve, because we've inherited that sinful nature, because we're sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. Because of that, we're spiritually dead. And when we're spiritually dead, we have nothing to offer. That's what Christ sees when He looks at us. And, and so He delivers a message of hope. For Isaiah's time, for these folks that were in captivity, He said, hey, I'm going to send a Savior. And for us, this time of Christmas, Christ, He sent a Savior in, in His Son, Jesus Christ, because He realized we had nothing. Spiritually, we were dead. Spiritually, we were bankrupt. Spiritually, we were walking along and we were trotting along. We were saying, okay, God, where are you at? And, and I don't feel you here and I don't see you here. And, and He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, 
And as we think about Christmas, that Christmas greeting is this, hey, our God reigns. Even though we don't deserve our homes, our families, our livelihood, we don't deserve those things. I hate these commercials. There's a new one out now, and it's, uh, it's uh, oh, I can't remember who it is. It's an old movie star or football player or something. I can't remember, but he's, he's one of the stars. We talked about stars three weeks ago, and he's, he's one of those folks we'd say we're stars. And, and, and he says, get everything you deserve. Get everything you deserve. Get everything you deserve. The whole commercial is about getting something free from somebody else. And, it, and, the, and the commercial is, you deserve this. You deserve this. You deserve this. Not because of any merit, not because of anything. You just deserve it. And the folks, because of that mindset today, we, we kind of get that idea that we just deserve God. But the, the truth of the matter is, we don't deserve those things. We, because we were lost. We were without hope. We had nothing. And, and the Bible says, yet while we were still sinners, God sent His Son. And, and we deserve nothing, but God sent His Son. We may have the toys and the tinsel and the Christmas lights and the presents and, and all of those things provide temporary pleasure. But in, in Christ, God sent His Son and He said, you know what? Because you have nothing, I'm going to give you something that, that's going to give you deep joy, that's going to bring to you peace because your God reigns and, and all of those things for Christmas is nothing if, and we have nothing if we don't have that, that greeting of good tidings from God and that comes in, in Jesus Christ. So, so as we think about what do we get that person has nothing, God looked and he says, you know what, I have the perfect gift. I have it. I'm going to send my son to somebody who has nothing and they're going to take that gift and in that gift they're going to have eternal life. In that gift, they're going to be able to return to a home that I'm building for them. And in that gift of my son, they're going to find peace and they're going to find joy. And listen, folks, and we're going to find hope. Isn't that great message? Now, here's the second part. For people who needed everything. Okay, guys, I need some muscle men up here. First one to stand. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm going to show mine, too. Right arm. All the way up here. i got to be up here. Right side. Anybody else? <laughs> Somebody said, I don't want to be next to him. Y'all can get next to me. It'll be all right. <laughs> Anybody else? Right side. We call this a gun show. I call it a pea shooter show. Jeremy? Uh, Jeremy? No. <laughs> I don't have nothing either, brother. It's gotten smaller and smaller. Oh, let's go straight out first. Y'all see it? Oh my God. I don't see one there. Boy, hey, you got your right sleeve up down there? Oh, I see. All right, let's get it, let's get this side. Anybody got anything to show up here? What do y'all think? Let's go the other. Let's go the other way. Anybody got anything? No, I'm not. That's all me, brother. All right, that's all I got. Who who who's got it going on? Me. Amen, brother. I agree. All right. Let's give these guys a hand for the gun shows.
All right, y'all can go sit down. Dylan's pretty sure he'd won, but his shirt's too tight, so. They make them in larger sizes, you know. Uh, so that's something a little different, ain't it? So there's a reason I did that, because I was reading the scripture and I didn't understand what it meant. And this is where we're at. The, the God of history, all-powerful, all-merciful God intervened in the world. He came upon the scene for all of us, for, for a people who needed everything. And in that, he made it possible for us to have peace. He, he, gives, us, he gives us everything we need. And, and messengers have come to us, and, and they're beautiful. And, and as we read Isaiah, that's, that's that first thought that, that the people see a messenger come. And, and Isaiah says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. They're proclaiming peace. They're bringing good tidings. They're proclaiming salvation, that, that our God reigns. And then he goes on, and, and he, he begins to explain even more about that. And this Christmas angel came to the shepherds, and he announced, Peace on earth. And then God sent this Christmas greeting to us, Peace on earth, and mercy mild, and, and God and sinners be reconciled. And that's the song we sang earlier. And, and that, that, that peace on earth, that mercy that God sends, it's, it's so that we can have that relationship with God. And, and that's that word that says God and sinners be reconciled together. That, that account that was out of balance, that was empty, that we said, God, I'm broke and I don't have anything. And, and God said, well, I'm going to place into your account Jesus Christ and, and you can be reconciled with me through my son, Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. And, and that's all we need. And God gives us all we need to be here. And, and he gives us his holy word. And he gives a message of hope. And he gives a message of love. And he gives us a ability to receive and to believe in him. He does that through his Holy Spirit. So we've been given just what we need that God has delivered us. A people who had nothing, but a people that God said, I'm going to give you exactly what you need. And he gave us that in his son, Jesus Christ. And, and listen, he gave us deliverance. Now, I didn't know this, but that word, the root word of Jesus, that name of Jesus means to save or to deliver. So even in the name of Jesus Christ, we see that he was named one who would save or one who would deliver us. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> That's what Christmas is all about. It's about God supplying our needs. And then the scripture says this, <clears throat> The Lord will lay bare His holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Now this is what the gun show was about, because I've read that before, and honestly I've read it and never thought, what does that really mean? But in the context of, of Christmas today, I said, okay, we're, I'm thinking about somebody that had nothing. That was us. Somebody that needed everything. That was us. God gave his son, Jesus Christ, in the form of a baby on Christmas. And then following that up, he, he laid bare his holy right arm in the sight of all the nations, or his holy arm, in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth, and they will see the salvation of our God. He, he gave us exactly what he needed, 
exactly what we need in His Son, Jesus, but also in His holy arm that was laid bare. Have y'all ever heard, uh, or maybe you've seen this, you may have heard this, you know, okay, roll up your sleeves, we're fixing to get to work. Or you're fixing to get in a fight with somebody, and you pull your coat off, and you, you roll your sleeves up. You know, you, you see that in movies. If you can't fight real good, say, well, let's take our coats off. When that person gets their coat halfway off, get after it right then, you know, because they're, they're, they're trapped. That's just a word for somebody that can't fight. So you can cheat and fight, and that's all right. But, but God laid bare his arms. Now, let me tell you what that means. There's two implications here. The first is this, warriors during this time, before they went in battle, they would bear their arms. You know why? They wanted the enemy to see, man, look at that guy's arms. Look, look at that guy, we're fixing to have to fight this guy, and look at the size of his arms. I mean, we think about David and Goliath, that's what Goliath did. He, he wanted everybody to see his muscles. And, and so we get that implication of this, somebody who would, who would bear their arms that the enemy might see the power they have in their right arms. But also the implications is, at that same time, the same reason for this is during that time, soldiers wore different garments, and most of their garments were long sleeved. They were like a tunic. And, and when they got into battle, they didn't want that stuff getting tangled up. So during the midst of that battle, before they would get in the fight, they would pull up their sleeves and they would gird them up. They would bare their arms so during the battle they could move freely and there wouldn't be anything hindering their arms. And, and so for the people, the Israelites, as they're looking, as they're getting this message, here's what they're hearing. God is going to send a Savior and He's going to rebuild Jerusalem and we're going to be able to return home and we're going to have home. And not only that, He's going to be our mighty warrior. He's bearing His arms for us. He's, he's showing us his, his muscles. He's flexing His muscles. He's getting ready for battle. Isn't that a great gift? God says, you know what? I'm going to send my son and he's going to be the savior of the world. And not only that, he's going to be ready to fight your battles for you. He's going to be your stronghold. He's going to be your protection. He's going to be your provider. And, and God has laid bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. You know, when we were kids, I watched Popeye the sailor man. And Popeye would be in a fight with old Bluto, and Bluto would have him down, you know. And, and uh, what would Popeye find? A can of spinach. And he would squeeze it, or uh, something would fall on it, and it'd pop open. He'd open his mouth, and he'd take the whole can of spinach. And then he would jump up, and his muscles would bam out, and there might be a battleship on this side, and an army tank on this side, or an anvil on this side, and he laid bare his muscles, and Bluto knew he was in trouble, didn't he? Because he saw the muscles of Popeye all of a sudden, and as he saw those muscles, boy, the battle turned, and things started going a different direction, and, and when we think about this, much like Popeye, God says, I'm revealing my arm for you. I'm rolling my sleeves up for you. I'm revealing my muscle to you, and I'm here to deliver you. I'm going to bring deliverance, and, and I'm going to bring hope for you, and I'm going to destroy those strongholds, and, and I'm going to be your strength, not like some cartoon superhero 
hero, but, but like the Savior of the world Himself, God said, I'm going to take myself, my, my glorious manner, all that I am, and I'm going to place Him in a, the form of a small child, and I'm going to come in a manger, and, and I'm going to live a life, and, and during that life, you're going to see my bare arm laid before you. I'm going to be God incarnate, God flesh Himself, and, and He's going to live, and He's going to give us life, and He's going to give us hope. That's what the good tidings the angel brought were. That's what this great Christmas card's about in Isaiah. It's about a Savior who's going to bring somebody for a people who had nothing, but a people who needed everything. God says, I have found the perfect gift for you, and I'm sending him this time of Christmas. Christmas is so much more than, than uh, tinsel and sparkling snow and children's laughter. And, and Christmas is not for people who, who want everything and need nothing. But peop- the Christmas is really about a people who have nothing that need everything. Listen to this. This is it. The good news of great joy I'm going to bring. It's going to be for all people that today in the town of David... A Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is. Father, Lord, I pray today that as we look upon ourselves, we would find ourselves as a people who have nothing. You tell us, Lord, the best we had to offer you is just as filthy rags. We find ourselves as a people that need everything. But Father, you, you made us valuable in the sense that you gave us what we needed. You gave us, you fulfilled all our needs through that babe in a manger, Jesus Christ. You gave us strength through your mighty arm to face our battles. And Lord, we need to trust you. We need to learn to lean upon you because you are a deliverer. Father, I pray today as we just think about this time of Christmas that we realize that there is good news of great joy that has been delivered to us. For today in the city of David, a child has been born and he'll be called a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. And the government will rest upon His shoulders and and the kingdoms will rest upon His shoulders and our sins He'll take upon His shoulders that we might have life eternal. Lord, I pray today that Your Spirit would make Your words clear to us, that we would feel Your presence in this place and that You would draw us into Yourself. Lord, I pray today, Father, that we know this gift becomes a gift only when we receive it, only when we're willing to say, All right, Lord, I'm, I'm spiritually bankrupt, and I need desperately someone to go before me, to sustain me, to hold me up, to help me in my time of weakness. Father, when we receive that gift, then, Father, at that time, at that point, we've received the gift of our Lord and Savior. Father, I pray today that we know that things aren't always the way we want them to be. Things aren't just rosy for every Christian, Lord. But, but Lord, you give us strength in that mighty right arm to lift us up, to hold us up, to help us move forward. And, Father, I pray today as we look upon the Christmas star and we look upon the Christmas trees, we see all the different ornaments and all the different meanings we have in those
Father, that we would know in you today there's hope, there's joy, there's love, and there's peace. And Lord, I pray that we'd find that in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray now as we have a time of invitation that you would lead us to the cross, that you would lead us to your side, that we would take hold of that gift that's offered. And Father, only through your Spirit are we moved. And I pray your Spirit would move freely today in this place. In the name of Jesus, amen.